If he climbs over the wall, they'll blow him off. If he tries to fly over the river, they'll shoot him down. If he comes back alone, they'll explode his brain. New York, 1997. One man has 24 hours to break in and break out before it's too late for escape. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Break it off. You touch me, he dies. If you're not in the air in 30 seconds, he dies. You come back in, he dies. Escape from New York coming up next. Welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, Lucas, what's happening, man? Oh, you know, just uh, sitting here in my wife beater. Of course, that's what everybody expects at this point. I hope so. Um, well, we had such a blast doing the Role Models episode a few weeks ago that uh, we got Luke back to join us uh, remotely from some cave in Philadelphia. Luke, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's written like any hate mail towards you yet. They, you've gotten rave reviews in your performances so far. Oh, well. There's still time, though. People, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Well, we only have five people to listen to us, so oh. three out of five is pretty good. That, that's, that's math. <laughs> that's mathing. <laughs> um, well, when we, uh, we wrapped it up, we uh, invited you back because we had such a great time, and we let you pick the movie, and we kind of settled on this one, uh, Escape from New York. I actually feel like I was strong-armed into this. Uh, <laughs> well, since no. you're in Philadelphia and we're in Ohio, it's not like we had a gun to your head or anything. That's true. It was a proverbial gun. But no, I am a huge John Carpenter fan. As am so, I. Yeah, and, you know, I I was kind of playing up to you guys because I like the action movies a little bit. So, you know, I definitely... If this I was... De- I definitely pushed this. If we were shooting this on video, you would see me blush right now. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, this is my wheelhouse. Like, this is my favorite actor of all time and one of my top five favorite directors of all time. So, like, yeah, you, you did me a favor here. Um, <laughs> Lucas, what about you, man? Uh, how do you feel about Escape from New York? Uh, so, I first started off, I seen Escape from L.A. first uh, when Oof. I was a kid at the drive-in. And that movie sucked, so I went to sleep. Um, I actually hadn't watched Escape from New York until you told me about it. I didn't even know there was an escape from New York until you told me about it. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, before we start recording, uh, Luke, you wanted to touch base on escape from LA. Didn't you, did you not? Uh, no, I don't think I did. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible movie that no one should watch it. I believe it does a disservice to escape from New York. <laughs> okay. Base touched. Um, um, I actually, I was telling you guys too. uh, when I, I used to work at a video store, and I was going into this Kurt Russell rabbit hole, and I had, you know, I'd watched like Big Trouble in Little China. I watched Silkwood for some reason, um, and then I had watched uh, Captain Ron. And as I was patrolling through the aisles one night, I happened to see another Kurt Russell with an eye patch movie called Escape from New York. So I took it home and watched it, and immediately fell in love with it. So thanks, Captain Ron. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, go no, ahead. Please. Sorry, I was gonna say let's just uh, let's just say Captain Ron is the sequel to Escape from New York. Yes, <laughs> like it's a little better with me. Snake Plissken has retired. He's changed his name. Mm-hmm. All is right with America now. So he becomes like a very drunken, go, happy-go-lucky sea captain. Yeah, I like it. He got his, he got his deal from the Department of Defense. He's great. Hawk pulled some chains. Pulled some strings. It got him that that boat, that gig, and then yeah. So um, you remember when you would watch stuff on like HBO and you want to record it? You get you put stuff on uh, VHS, mm-hmm. and you could usually fit like three movies on there. Yep, if you put I them can't... in SLP, it would record three movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember what the movie was. It was in the middle of the three that I always wanted to watch, and Captain Ron was always right before it. So one day I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch it because it was always on Captain Ron. You know what? If you guys decide right after this you want to do a Captain Ron episode, I'm fucking game. <laughs> I will ride to my death for Captain Ron. I fucking love it. I think, Jen, 
Jen can do that episode instead of me. <laughs> well, I think there's some kind of competition because we had a fan vote and she chose, uh, she suggested Office Space and that's winning. So basically we've just alternated the two of you for like the last month. Oh, that's so sneak preview pick- next week, guys, or next episode's Office Space, guys. I think I picked Judge Dredd, so I will hatefully listen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, once again, no one's holding a gun to your head. I mean, <laughs> we would appreciate it if you do, because like we really need the five people to listen to us. It it gives gotcha. us strength. Um, well, so we don't continue to ramble. Um, uh, I was thinking though, like, have you guys? This has probably one of the best movie premises ever. Basically, like if you're pitching this movie to a studio executive, okay, New York, America's gone to shit. We've turned Manhattan into a prison. Go. I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold. I mean, can you guys think of any other movie premise that is as good as that one? I can maybe think of three. Uh, man brings back dinosaurs, dinosaurs destroy island, kill a bunch of people. <laughs> Soldiers fight an alien in the jungle. They don't make them, they don't make these movies anymore. No, like they just don't. One simple premise that you don't need to expand upon. I don't care why it's a prison. I don't, I don't care about who made these decisions. It's just, this is how it is, and we got to get this guy out of there. Well, that's that's the beauty of it. It's like, they don't yeah, even, like, perfect. give you any backstory. It's like, you're wondering, like, who nope. the fuck's Fresno Bob? Like, nope. what happened to America's prison system to where they had to turn Manhattan into, like, the sole prison? What happened to the people that own buildings and houses in Manhattan? Did they get compensated? Did they just strong-arm out of New York? Are there people that still live around the prison? I mean, (laughs) it's like, hey, Martha, I heard you got a new house. Where are you living at? Oh, we live by the new maximum security prison. Like, oh, okay, well, how about you come to my house instead? Just past the bridge. (laughs) I have to to give you a map. It's it's treacherous highway. (laughs) (laughs) Lucas, you like you're getting ready to say something. No, I was just thinking about, like, the scene early on in the movie uh, and you know we we always talk about best scenes but that part where they have the helicopter and they kill those guys on that fucking mattress with a missile it's just so <laughs> unnecessary that's it's america for hilarious. you <laughs> um but yeah actually i sent you guys a, a scene and we'll get into like the best scenes here in a minute but they actually had uh a scene where it was the Fresno Bob uh, snake Pliskin robbery. And then they cut it out because it didn't test very well. So they just did the whole opening of the movie, the way they did it, which I, I started to send you guys out on YouTube, but then like, I realized like, well, why didn't they respond? I thought it was kind of cool. I just thought like, you know what, this isn't very impressive. And then I looked at the text message and I didn't send you the link to the video. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember oh, yeah. seeing the, the link. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, Russ is drunk. <laughs> no, I was completely sober when I did that. That's the weird part about it. Um, but, yeah, uh, just real quick, uh, John Carpenter was coming off of Halloween and the fog when he did this, so he was kind of on a roll at the point. Um, and uh, Halloween's happening at some point, probably around Halloween. I guess that would make sense. Uh, Luke, we'll have to have you on for that. I was going to say, am I going to have to fight Jen for that one? No, I, I, I think we'll, if we don't do it beforehand, I'm just going to do a four person call. Oh, whoa. It's probably going to be a train wreck, but you no, know what? If you've listened to Russ. all 16 episodes of this so far, it's been a train wreck anyways. Ru- yeah. I was gonna, Russ, I'm on your, I'm the, uh, I'm the co-host. It's a train wreck. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've, I've come to accept it. I actually almost embrace it. Um, Another real quick point before we get into the the categories. Uh, Kurt Russell kind of comes into this at a a strange point. He was kind of a – really wasn't like a very prominent leading man. He was known mostly for being in Disney movies. And I read like he did like a a guest stint on Gilligan's Island. Uh, Awesome. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I shouldn't even brought that up. 
But yeah, like he really like uh I'll get into the research later, but uh yeah, like they didn't want him to be in this because of the Disney stuff. They didn't think that he could pull it off. That actually kind of impresses me more. I you know, it's when someone's been around for so long, it's kind of hard to realize when like their first big thing was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just kind of assumed he was always Kurt Russell when I watched oh, so did I. when I was younger. Yeah, I was like, I thought he was just oh, like okay. fucking the shit since like the '60s, and then like I was reading this, like, nope, no one wanted anything to do with him. Kind of reminds me of like Bruce Willis with Die Hard. Yeah, although yeah. with him being with the Disney stuff, it kind of reminds me of um, I don't know, like Zac Efron to an extent was just known for like the High School Musical stuff, and now he's trying to expand his horizons with like the comedies, and then he did the Ted Bundy movie, and now he does like that outdoor show on Netflix. Nothing as cool as this, but... <laughs> right. He might get there. <laughs> yeah, someday. <laughs> yeah, he'll have a movie where he's like, he's Jake Sisklin or something like that. <laughs> Escape from Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, enough of the, this. We'll just start with the categories here. We've got a, a little bit to dig into. Um, Tale of the Tape, released on July 10th, 1981. So uh, coming up on 40 years on this, as we've talked about, John Carpenter directed this. Um, stars Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, Isaac Hayes, Harry Dean Stanton, and Adrian Barbeau. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score 86% from critics and 77 from audiences, and it made $25 million on an eight or $6 million budget, sorry. So fairly profitable movie. Yeah, um, didn't do too bad. No, it actually came out like the, a month after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. So, like, Quite yeah. The competition. Yeah, I mean, like, I would have lived at the movie theater the whole summer if, like, those two movies, movies were out. I'd just go see Raiders and then, like, okay, Escape from New York's out. I can quit giving Raiders my money. <laughs> okay. My jokes are just, like, fucking sinking right now. Um, Lucas, you want to start uh, going to the William Somerset Research Corner before this thing decides to take a total nosedive like the president's plane? Oh, so you <laughs> want me to uh, tell you what, like, the three facts that I wrote now? Yeah, you know what? I just want to make this about you for a change. Oof, that's a terrible idea. But all right, we'll, we'll give this a shot. So when I was doing my research, I read that Snake Bliskin was actually a real person. When John Carpenter was trying to come up with a name for the character... Um, it's a, a friend of a friend knew a guy named Snake Pliskin, and he was like this real tough guy, high school guy with a snake tattoo. I want to be that dude's friend. <laughs> I hope he's still alive. <laughs> I'm going to try to find him on Facebook now. Well, with Luke's Letterman jacket over here, it looks like he's fucking buddies with him in the Camaro. <laughs> so wait, do I pull my shirt up and show you my snake tattoo? <laughs> Dead Please center do. of my stomach. <laughs> Um, the studio didn't want Kurt, Kurt Russell, as you were saying, cause he was, uh, you know, cause of the Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. I know you have the names written down. I can't remember. I'll, I'll get into them here when it's, it's my turn. <laughs> okay. And, uh, the last one I had, um, they had an idea for a third film where it was actually, uh, escape from earth. So Kurt Russell and John Carpenter actually had an idea for where he would escape from Earth. They should have just have done Captain Ron. Dog shit. Captain <laughs> Ron, man, that, that thing would have like made so much more money <laughs> if it was called Escape from uh, Ted's, that island that Captain Ron sails from. I like it. Yeah. Just make it a smaller movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Martin Short is the brain character. Um, Luke, do you have anything uh, research you want to add for... Uh, I go into like my thousand page of notes. Uh, no, I'm going to hand it off to you. Uh, okay. I don't do any of the hard work of the <laughs> guest. <laughs> Fair point. Um, well, going into what you said about uh, the studios not wanting Kurt Russell, they actually considered uh, Charles Bronson, Nick Nolte, who seems to pop up on just about everything we research action wise. It's literally Nick Nolte. Should have been in every action movie we Yeah, it's Nick Nolte or like. 
Tommy Lee Jones is another one that was considered for it, and Jeff Bridges were like the four. Um, I guess apparently they thought that uh, Charles Bronson was too old to play Snake Plissken, which I never realized how old Charles Bronson was till I researched this, but at the time of this movie, he was 60 years old. Good God. <laughs> wow. He was fucking 60 years old. Like I thought like he was in his 40s. 60. Um, but uh, I guess Carpenter held his ground. He really wanted Kurt Russell to play it. They thought that he would give like a fresh perspective on the action hero. Um, and I didn't know this either, but uh, the Kurt Russell Elvis movie that he made back in like the late 70s was directed by John Carpenter. Didn't know that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the research. Um, can I add one more real quick? Sure. Um, the eye patch was actually uh, Kurt Russell's idea. Thought it would make it look uh, tougher. <laughs> Job well done. I actually should start wearing an eye patch too. I could really intimidate some people. I thought you did already. <laughs> now nah, I gave it up. It fucked up my depth perception for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, another fun fact, real quick. Uh, this is the second of four movies that uh, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell did together. Besides uh, Elvis and Escape from New York, they did, well, no, five. They did. Escape from L.A., but we don't really count that anyways. Eh. They did The Thing, and then they did Big Trouble in Little China. Guys, he surfed on a fucking tidal wave. Come I don't on. care. <laughs> I hate it. He should have been a captain. Uh, he should have been like a guy that could sail a rich person's boat from one point to another. And hijinks ensue along the way. That would have been a much better sequel. I want to see that movie. I do. And I can. <laughs> you know, yeah. the one recurring image in my head of Captain Ron is where that fucking car just, like, falls into the water. I thought we were doing Escape from New York. This is really starting to turn into a Captain Ron podcast. <laughs> All right, we're going to re- redo here, folks. Captain Ron now. Um the uh, setting for uh, the night scenes of New York was uh, actually a neighborhood in East St. Louis, Illinois, that got destroyed during a massive fire. Well, that's a big-ass fire. A big-ass fire, yeah. They, they really fucked some shit up. Um, according to video game producer Hideo Kojima, I think I said it right. I apologize mm-hmm. if I didn't. Yep. Uh, Snake it. Plissken is the inspiration for the character of Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid games. Which pretty sweet. I love Makes those. Sense. Um, did you know that every character that mentions that they thought Snake Plissken dies ends up dying or was dead, that they end up dying in the movie? Huh. Every I time a character that. says, awesome. I thought you were dead, they end up dying in the movie. And then uh well, that, that's actually uh, some really cool research. Yeah. I I got them from time to time. Um, and then uh, lastly, we kind of touched on it briefly, uh, the, the scene I didn't send you guys, but uh, the original opening sequence was the Snake and Fresno Bob robbery, and they cut it out because test audiences thought it was too confusing. So they went with what they did instead. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube and the special edition Blu-ray, Laserdisc, VHS tape, whatever you play your movies on. So. The, is, is Brain involved in that? No, it's just it's uh, Fresno Bob and snake plissken which fresno bob and that seems like you know he's gonna get killed like the minute he pops on the screen like yeah that guy's gonna die i guess toast (laughs) it's like why is snake working with this guy i just don't get it maybe that's why they they cut it out it's like you know what snake deserves better so kind of like this podcast like everybody listens to you and they're like why the hell is he working with that guy no well like i'm gonna catch shit for this because i let it just take a a sharp turn left towards the Captain Ron episode. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll dive into, uh, speaking of the opening scene, we're going to dive into the best scene now, which we still haven't come up with a name for this category yet, Lucas. We have to sit down and come up with a name for it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard since we don't see each other as much anymore, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we, we have these uh, Zoom calls, and we have – there's a thing called a telephone. What? Yeah. I've never heard of this thing. <laughs> Look it up on the Google. <laughs> on my phone. Uh, for best scene, 
You guys know the drill. I usually will nominate five. Feel free to throw in yours as well. Um, first one, I picked the opening credits. I fucking love the opening credits to this movie. You get the Carpenter synth playing. No, nothing fancy. It's just black screen, white font. And then after they give you like the, the meat and potatoes of the production team, Jamie Lee Curtis just lays out exactly what the premise is. Manhattan's a, a federal prison now for the United States. It's just like, if I see that on TV, like, yep, TV's not moving now. Now, does he usually do the music for his movies? Because I noticed it said that he was... He, he does he a lot the of the, the scores yep. for his movies, too. That's why he's so awesome. That is pretty cool. I love John Carpenter for that. Um, second scene is I have the Bob Hawk Snake Plissken meeting. It's where you kind of get to know who Snake is. Uh, that fucking World War III was uh, something. They fought in Leningrad and Siberia. It's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Youngest man to be decorated by the president, and he gets that life sentence because fucking Fresno Bob's a shithead. And then they, well, you knew he was gonna die. Then he gives him the uh, offers him the deal to rescue the president. That's one of the things I missed about this movie is like I kind of wish I'd have gotten maybe you only get like two scenes with Lee Van Cleef and Kurt Russell together. I kind of wanted one more because mm-hmm. those two like work so well together. They were really good. Like I mm-hmm. really just was they were both just chomping on it and mm-hmm. i loved it yeah. yeah you could tell there was it felt like there was actually tension there yeah. and lee van cleef wears like, a fucking earring <laughs> i made a special <laughs> sorry <laughs> i made a special note about that earring <laughs> christ <laughs> it's perfect it's perfect yeah i didn't know if that's like a thing in 97 and that time like you wear earrings in your fifties like, or not, but cool? like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he has a romper and an earring <laughs> and a mustache. Like dude's, dude's fucking gold. <laughs> and it wasn't like a stud. It was like a hoop. Like he, it was, he was all in on that earring. He wanted people to know he had it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like Lee Van Cleef was like doing a pirate movie immediately after this. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> just to save myself a couple extra days, just fucking pierce it now. And then I'm just going to go right from escape from New York to like the bounty with, and then call a day. Oh. Um, the next scene I have is like, it's kind of a combination of a couple scenes. It's the, uh, when snakes exploring the Island, uh, he meets cabbie at that show, which I'll make a, you know, I noticed something in that, uh, from the next, best scene in the movie but then like he runs from the crazies the people are coming out of the sewers which uh taught me a life lesson if i see anybody if i see a manhole open just run <laughs> why do you okay. investigate so much <laughs> it's like just get out of there yeah. well then like he has to meet the the chock full of nuts girl and then well, uh in that same sequence uh cabbie tells snake about the duke pretty cool uh yeah get get uh get some prime board nine in that america's uncle like he was just like i never seen that guy sad in anything he's ever done he's kind of like that senile grandpa he's like you know what i don't know what's going on but you know what it's fucking awesome whatever it is <laughs> i actually have a note uh, on this that i think i actually put you know what i'm gonna hold on to this so i'm gonna pretend i didn't say anything i'm just gonna hang on to this one for a minute well we'll just have adam cut it out (laughs) we have people that do that (laughs) um the next scene is uh the gladiator fight between snake and i had to look this guy's name up but his name is slag slag yeah the 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 fight with the ball bats and yep apparently they go second round so they just keep adding shit so they they figure like oh well you know like first round we'll just give you spiked baseball bats second round we're gonna give you shields I would have given him the shields first, but um, it's fucking like we we know where ECW got its inspiration. Well, the ECW didn't have like spikes and baseball bats. They didn't have nails in there that like you can embed into somebody's head. Uh, that guy is actually a former professional wrestler named Ox Baker. He looks like an ox, literally and figuratively. 
I pretty much was like, this guy has to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He looks exactly like every wrestler then. Yeah, from like the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then the uh, the last scene I have is the uh, the end where they're racing towards the bridge, and like everybody pretty much gets killed. It's like you know what? We've got fifteen minutes. Let's wrap this up. Let's just kill everybody but Snake and the president. <laughs> And then, you know, the snake and the Duke fight, president kills the Duke, and then that's it for me. <laughs> and the line that we all that we all loved. I know I know that's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's yeah. Do you guys have anything you want to add? I really uh, love I really, really love that they were so bored that they came up with a stage show. Oh, dude, it's like it proves the fact that, like, even though New York has become a maximum security prison, like, New York still has to have entertainment. They have sports. They have burlesque shows. I mean, I band playing the music. I was like, and everybody looked like they were having a really nice time. Yeah. I got it. I was like, man, these, all right, they're making do. This is great. One thing I didn't get is it would have been cool if they did it although i can see them not doing it is if they had the fight between slag and uh, snake inside madison square garden that would have been nice like yeah i i have a lot of feelings about that whole scene like i don't love it so <laughs> yeah oh I really would have been re- i fucking love yeah. that scene uh i mean just seeing how he went on to choreograph fights in his in other movies i was like this is a really shitty like fight scene. <laughs> like, I was like, I know he's got better, and oh, he does. Yeah, it it would have been really cool if it was in like this big spectacle arena. That would have been awesome. Like, all oh, they would have done at Yankee Stadium fight. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. But yeah, it was like in this backyard brawl thing, and I was like, come on, guys. It like, it, it, it actually like is ECW. They had it inside of a bingo hall. Yeah. I don't know. It's the only part of the movie I feel like slows it down a little for me. And it, yeah, I just feel like if that was done better, this would be like a 10 10. Like, no problem. But mm-hmm. it just drags for me right there. Yeah. Lucas, what do you have? You have anything you want to add? Um, the scene where uh, the Duke comes to the Brain's house to get the, uh, to get the map to see where the landmines are across the bridge. That whole sequence where they're driving through uh, Broadway. Oh, yeah. The first and only time I've ever seen chandeliers inside of an automobile. Dude, that was <laughs> fucking sweet. It's so baller. I love it so much. Yes. <laughs> I actually. I am the fucking balls of this town. I actually. I'm going to. When I get. I'm going on vacation next week. I'm going to see if I can do that when I get back. Yeah. You it should. Somehow they still function as regular headlights, so it's really nice. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get it's crystal chandeliers. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get like crystal chandeliers, but like those cheap overhang lights you get in your kitchen table, like at my house. <laughs> and you know, I pimp my ride was a thing years ago, and I'm surprised that nobody, at least once, like tried to do that. I would put I would put chandeliers and ceiling fans on the front of your <laughs> Ultima. <laughs> I don't know. Your Buick Skylark. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like Exhibit didn't suggest that or somebody like fuck. If I would have been on that show. Like, yeah, I watched a movie. Can you put a chandelier inside my car? <laughs> I feel like there might have been a chandelier in somebody's car. It's just I'm yeah, you never to... seen it. It, it wouldn't surprise me. We're going to need you to go to back and watch it. Yeah. yeah. That or I'll just have to get on. Like, I'll probably get bored one night and just like look up like chandelier inside of a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just post it on the, the Facebook page of the podcast. They were on the back too. Did you notice yeah. that? Oh, yeah. They went all out. The Duke doesn't play around. <laughs> He's no, eight he... number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – I, if you don't have a chandelier, you're a number two. <laughs> but uh, Lucas, you don't have like anything you want to add, like scene no, wise. Besides that, no, 
Um, you pretty much covered all the good scenes, really. Um, I'm going to say my favorite scene is either the opening credits, just because I love that synthesizer opening, like that whole song, or the Hawk and Snake Plissken meeting for the first time. Those would be the two for me. Um, I, I really like the uh, the bridge scene at the end. I think it's pretty badass, um, you know, especially when uh, Maggie's standing there fucking shooting at the Duke. And she just takes that car. Yeah, just takes straight it head on. on. Man. <laughs> she was pissed. You killed my man, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, that Ernest Borgnine dies. It's like, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> that takes that takes away from that scene. Oh, by the way, uh, did you notice when that fucking landmine blows up the cab, it perfectly cuts it in half? <laughs> like, it's a I perfect cut. I did notice that. For years, I thought that's actually how they did that. <laughs> oh, it must be a crumple zone or something. Is that yeah. what that is? Is that what a crumple zone is? <laughs> like, it no, it, I think it's like it. a little ball, like in Phantasm. Those two spikes come and just slices the car right <laughs> in half. Fucking Phantasm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing out everything tonight. I'm going to roll. Luke, yeah. uh, what uh, your favorite scene? No, it's. I didn't write anything down, but yeah, I think the the entire opening for me like yeah it's it just captures everything i love about john carpenter like mm-hmm. it's it tells you exactly what the movie is it gives you his music and it's perfect like it sets yeah. it all up and you're good to go in like five five minutes yeah just stows you in like hey love it. new york's a prison now you're in for a fucking ride yeah plus i get plus they show tom atkins who is my you know, the the Duke number one, a number one. Like I love that man. So oh, dude, he's coming. Yeah, okay, I got a little bit of time devoted to Tom Atkins. Oh, thank Christ. Yeah, I I knew I knew when you were coming on to do this. Like I gotta mention, I gotta at least mention him. Because I could talk. Because if this were a Tom Atkins podcast, I don't even know if I'd need you guys. I could just do this. Yeah. Well. <laughs> How how about you and I write a script for Escape from Whatever 3 where Kurt Russell is a kind of randy drunken sea captain and Tom Atkins is his first mate. Or we just write a sequel to Night of the Creeps and just have him just throw quips out for like, I don't know, an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, can Kurt Russell be Captain Ron? Uh, sure. Yeah, bring him in. <laughs> Sold. All right, look for it next summer, guys. <laughs> um, that uh, will take us into the uh, King Kong and Got Shit on Me, best quote of the movie. Um, I Once again, I'll throw a few out here. Um, I'm going to save the best for last. Uh, I Thought You Were Dead, said by numerous characters in the movie, which I mentioned is a prelude to their death. Um, I do like the exchange between uh, Hawk and Snake when uh, Hawk asks Snake if he's going to kill him. He goes, not now. I'm too tired. Maybe later. I was like, that's so Snake Plissken. Badass. Like, uh, uh, I got a check written. I'll cash it later. Um, The uh, monologue from the beginning when Jamie Lee Curtis, who is actually the voice of, like, anything that's computerized, in the movie, she does the narration for the prison, like opening and then like in the hall when they're bringing Snake to meet Hawk. That's Jamie Lee Curtis too. I was actually wondering that. I was going to ask you if mm-hmm. you knew. Yep. Uh, so I have that whole monologue in there. And then uh, last, but certainly not least, um, I went with the uh, when the president is hung up and the Duke is shooting at him. <laughs> and he asked him to the president to tell him who he is. And he goes, you're, you're the Duke. You're in number one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he does it again later. I don't like that one as much as the one uh, earlier, because you notice that Donald Pleasant's accent goes from uh, like, he's from America to uh, he's from great Britain during that. And then like, yeah. he just, I, I don't know if he does it the whole time afterward, but it, he pretty much says, you know what? Fuck it. I've already fucked up once. Just I'm just going to roll with it. And just speaks. It fades in and out the rest of the movie. 
So those are my nominees. Uh, Luke, what do you have? Uh, well, of course, you're the Duke. A number one is up there. The only other one that really sticks with me is when Hawk is telling uh, Snake, or uh, sorry, Pliskin. Um, he's like, he goes, Pliskin says, so you're saying I can't count on you? And Hawk just goes, no. <laughs> and, goes, and then Pliskin goes, good. Yeah. I don't know. It's so stilted, and it's like, transactional i love it like it really encapsulates their relationship <laughs> i don't know why but i love it so much it's a, yeah it's it's a chef's kiss for me like they Bo- hate each other so much <laughs> well the bonus scene too he asked him what he's doing when he's flying a plane in new york he goes i'm playing with myself <laughs> playing with myself <laughs> uh lucas what do you have man uh the only other one i have is uh when he's in that building with the chock full of nuts girl. And uh, she's like, you're a cop. You're a cop. You have a gun. He goes, I'm an asshole. (laughs) Every time I see that movie though, I always wonder like how hard up is snake Plissken to contemplate nailing the chock full of nuts girl. Cause I bet her breath is just atrocious. Also, we had like 19 hours. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I've it's got like, 45 minutes. Dude, come on. <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't because he would have been taken by the, uh, the crazies too. Um, yep. Before we go into the next category, Lucas, can I get you to do a uh, You're the Duke, you're a number one impression? Uh, sure. You're the Duke, you're a number one. That didn't turn out as well as I thought it would have. Um, next category is the, uh, kind of hit me with that out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was really prepared. expecting more. That was your escape from LA moment. It's like, I expected much more out of that. And it disappointed me. Oof. Uh. Um, all right. Now to, uh, maybe bring the mood back up since I killed it. Uh, the next category is brand new. We Introduced it last week. Um, the Lou Brown Give Him the Heater Award for the performer bringing the most fire. Um, my nominees are um, Buck Farmer. He's the drunk from Back to the Future. Yeah, and that yeah. guy's just laying into him when he's got the president's vital sign monitor on. And he's like basically telling Snake, I'm the president. Well, he's just getting a shit beat out of him. Um. <laughs> Tom Atkins is uh is his character Remy? Reem? I, I I don't know. I never I caught his name know. as many times as I've seen this. But uh, uh I just refer to all Tom Atkins characters as Tom Atkins. Okay. So. It's Miller time. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and then uh my as much as it pains me to not give this to Tom Atkins, I'm actually going to give this to Frank Doubleday. Is he's the guy who plays Romero? He's the guy who looks like the cracked mm-hmm. out uh, Dragon Ball Z character because he yeah. looks like the type of person that he may have been thrown into the New York prison for like wire fraud or like maybe he passed a bad check. And, like, he's just, you know what? Like, he had a moment where he just lost, like, lost his senses and just, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to embrace being crazy. Like, his hair spiked up. He does that hissing noise at Hawk when, like, he basically gives him the ultimatum. Like, he has, like, so much time before he, they kill the president. And then right as Hawk leaves, he does that. <sighs> I totally agree. <laughs> like, he is probably the most memorable character outside of Ernest Borgnine, but just because Ernest Borgnine is Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's the person outside of Snake Plissken I remember the most about the movie mm-hmm. because I also confuse, I, I don't know. I always think he was in the Warriors for some reason. Like, I feel like I, I, I take that character and put it into the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I, yeah. He's, he, He's great. He, he perfectly encapsulates everything about a post post apocalyptic New York. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> he decided to spike his hair. He 
he just coolly counts down from 20 to get the government to leave. Right. Like he is, I love him. Yeah. He's like, he, I think he knows he's crazy, but he's just fully embraced it. And he like, he talks like somebody that you would talk to like, Hey, I want to start like a hardware store. Like, how do I get a loan? That's how he's talking to people through this whole movie. Like when uh, Maggie and the brain go to uh, rescue the president, he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> Just like very calmly, he, like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's like the face of the entire operation. He's like, talk to Romero. <laughs> yeah, like even like uh, the brain asking where he got the hat, he goes, I traded for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, why was that even necessary? Yeah. I thought Cabby was dead at that point. I was like, oh, you should yeah, the first time. I, yeah, I thought he killed him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Romero just snapped and killed him. Which I didn't even know that was his name until I looked up the credits and who was in this. And I was like, oh, Romero. That. And then if you look up IMDb for this movie, you look up that character. It's that picture where he's like almost making that hissing noise. Like they captured like a still frame of it. I was like, oh, this is perfect. He, he, also, has, he also has like the most dramatic death ever. It's like fucking Bill Murray on Zombieland. Yeah, it's it's pretty like he's tr- he's trying to get a best supporting actor nomination for that. <laughs> it's really over the top. Yeah, like everybody else just like takes it and dies, but he's just like it's almost like Ronnie when he gets killed in the uh, the battle at the end of Role Models. That. <laughs> 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 Uh, Lucas, do you have any nominees for uh, this particular category? Uh, just Maggie. I thought she was an awesome character. Brain's girlfriend. Yeah, Adrian Barbo. She was a badass. Yeah. She, uh, she, that was one down-ass bitch. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to mention her cleavage throughout the whole movie is bringing the fire. <laughs> I mean, we were all kind of thinking it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's Adrian Barbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, the, the hot 80s mom. <laughs> like, the first time she popped out in the scene. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> or was it? It's like, or it, well, yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Hello. Well, didn't... Uh, like, she is not. She was not dressed appropriately for the post-apocalyptic New York prison or, world. Or was she? That's, no, that's true. Yeah. It, uh, although I will say they did not objectify women in that uh, in that world. The that stage play, those men were dressed as women, is very Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated it. They uh, huh, very classic. I did. They ever say what she's in there for? Did they ever say so. what anyone was in there for? Really? <laughs> no. Like I. Well, think... during the play, it was like steal a buck, you get thrown in New York or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I really hope that the Duke did something bad because, like, I hope they didn't throw him in for, like, putting a chandelier in a car. Yeah, what the hell was the Duke in there for? And how did he get... See, these are the questions I don't need answered. Never mind. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> like, it, it's perfect the way they do it. It's like, just, hey, it's kind of like uh, John Wick 2. John Wick 2, I think, is better than the first one because they just kind of throw you into that world. Don't really answer a whole lot, but you just like this is what it is. You either take it or leave mm-hmm. it, and that's what plus, makes Escape from New York so great. Yeah. Plus, in John Wick Two, I don't have to fast forward through the 20, first twenty minutes, so my girlfriend will watch it. So, because the dog dies, and it is very we can't sad. have that in my household. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that's how it rolls here too. I thought you were talking about Escape from New York. Like, wait a minute. Like, Snake Plissken has a dog. Was that a scene cut out of the well, movie too? Well, hold on a minute. Uh, we could, all right, we'll shop this one later. I think we could do this. <laughs> we'll just save it for the uh, escape from uh, escape from Cancun with Captain Ron and Tom Atkins. <laughs> no, let's keep an escape from Earth, but we'll keep Captain Ron and Tom Atkins. <laughs> he flies a spaceship. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last category we always ask, uh, who do you feel won the movie? The Basically, like this movie wouldn't work without this particular aspect or person. Um, Lucas, who do you have? Kurt Russell. Why? All day. Uh, because he he's believable that he could go into New York and fucking rescue the president uh, from, 
you know, a giant mob that has him. And also look really badass doing it. Mm-hmm. The eye patch and a snake tattoo down his stomach. Yeah, uh, Luke, who do you have? Okay, I'm going to go against the grain here uh, because I'm pretty sure you're going to pick Kurt Russell too, Russ. Um, Ernest <laughs> look at that, look at that sheepish smile. Ernest Borgnine. Why is he in this movie? <laughs> he is amazing. He makes no sense. He would not <laughs> stick out more if he was a cartoon character. He could be a cartoon cat in this movie. <laughs> and he, it would make just as much sense. Every time I think of this movie, I think of that's Ern- that's that movie where Ernest Borgnine is in it for some reason, and he's Snake Plissken's friend. No. That's, well, well, yeah, I that's another person. Like, what's Cabbie in there for? Yeah. He makes no sense, and then they just kill him off. Like, Pretty brutally, I might add. Be there. Yeah, he got murked hard. And then they show that scene but, of him where he's just bleeding out. Yeah, it's like, Christ. Was this a contractual thing? I don't know, but Ernest Borgnine went for it, and he was just like Ernest Borgnine for the his entire stay through Escape from New York, and I love it. He did it throw he did throw Molotov cocktails too, which earns him extra points. True. I uh, have a feeling though. Most, that, go ahead. I was saying it's just one of the most '80s things ever. It's like we're gonna get a guy who people and 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 when you said that Kurt Russell was kind of a unknown, at least in the action movie scene at this point, it kind of makes more sense why Ernest Borgnine was in this movie. It's like. Was he the face in this movie? Like, was he the guy? They're like, Ernest Borgnine's in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, like it. they're pitching this so to much. like a studio. Like, listen, New York's a prison. We've got Ernest Borgnine to commit. Can we get the green light? <laughs> we we've got Ernest Borgnine on contract. He can't say no. He's yeah. going to be a cab driver, and he's going to be really into this weird stage play that we're putting on. It's great. It he makes also, a lot of sense when you see it. And he's going to have the fucking soundtrack for it playing in his cab. And he also may be able to get his Lee Van Cleef. They're drinking buddies. Actually, that might that actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, it's all come together. <laughs> Lee Van Cleef and Ernest Borden and I do Thursday nights at the Rainbow Room in L.A., they drink like scotch and water. They get shit faced. They tell old stories about Hollywood. They catch Lemmy at the slot machine. And then they end up like going back to Lemmy's place doing God knows what. And then, yeah, they bond. Well, now I'm actually kind of wondering if they got Ernest Borgnine and Lee Van Cleef on board first. I think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like, be supporting characters. I mean, they got like at this point, Harry Dean Stanton will do anything. Like, hey, you want to do a movie? Yeah, sure. What is it? He was great, though. Like, he was. He was awesome. Like, I really can't think of anybody that really is bad, except for like I don't like Donald Pleasance. No, I've. I don't want to get on my soapbox, but uh, I hate. I, I don't like Donald Pleasance. I hate Donald Pleasance. I think he was the worst part of the of Halloween. I think. Well, he did shit he just, the bed. <laughs> yeah, he just never seems like he wants to be there, and it shows so hard. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's just, he, he always seems like he's got better stuff to do than be in these awesome John Carpenter movies. Yeah, it's like all right. Sign the paycheck. I need drinking money to go hang out with Lee Van Cleef and his board nine. Just cut the yeah. check. I don't know how we segued into a rant about Lee Van Cleef and Ernest <laughs> Borgnine being a cartoon cat <laughs> based Sorry, on who won the movie. Because that's what we do on this yeah. podcast. So Ernest Borgnine won it for you? Yeah. I, I love him. He's perfect. And... I wish he was still alive so he could keep doing this insane stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to vote Kurt Russell. Like, we could do any Kurt Russell movie, and I'm going to vote for Kurt Russell just because he is my favorite actor of all time. He's the one actor that you can believe 
as anything. He could be a special forces badass who gets sent into a city prison to save the president. I can believe him as a plumber manipulating a rich woman who gets amnesia and he talks her into watching his kids. I believe him as a truck driver who ends up somehow into the mystic world of like the dark arts. Uh, I also believe him as an attorney in Vanilla Sky. And I even believe him as Santa Claus. Like they did the Christmas Chronicles as with Kurt Russell. I'm like, yep, I'm in. I don't like Santa Claus I'm, movies, but Kurt Russell, Santa Claus, yes, I'm in. I mean, if anybody's going to play a grumpy-ass Santa Claus, it might as well be Kurt Russell. I don't think he's really grumpy in those, is he? He kind of seems, I don't know, maybe that's just my interpretation. He seemed kind of grumpy. But, like, I say he wins this movie simply because, like, he kind of goes from being an unknown to where, like, he kind of is, like, one of the first major action stars of, like, the modern era. I mean... Really, if you think about, like, action movies prior to this, you had, like, westerns with John Wayne. You had, like, the Charles Bronson Death Wish stuff. It was either, like, action movies were typically either, like, westerns or cops. But now you got, like, oh, hey, we can take action movies into the sci-fi realm. And, like, Kurt Russell is a big part of that. So, I mean, that's why I think he wins. Now, is that wins the movie or wins your heart? Because that was a love note. He wins my heart regardless. But uh, wins the movie. Wins the movie. I bl- I'm with you. Yeah. But I... I, I you, totally agree. I, I, well, I was tossing I back and forth. Like, I really want... like I, It could have easily been John Carpenter, too. Because, like, you know, guys like that, like, he was kind of... Like, he did, like, B-movie stuff. Like, Halloween's essentially, like, a really well-done B-movie. Uh, Assault on Precinct 13 mm-hmm. a very well-done B-movie. Even The Fog. And, like, you could have easily just, like, been a flash in the pan, but he just goes on this fucking incredible run for like 10 years just makes hit after hit. well at least for me like they weren't box office hits all of them but like they're well done movies for like 10 or 11 years straight but no i i think he was and you know i would say he is probably the king of like b movies mm-hmm. you know it's easy to say they're not b movies now but some of the movies he made are like seminal touchstones on how movies progressed from that point and not even like think like halloween's like an easy one like of course but i also love escape from new york is amazing like he could do horror he could do action i think the fog is probably one of my favorite horror movies one of the movies i revisit the most the fog is really good it's very underrated too it's so good it's so good it's so atmospheric it's a beautiful movie also adrian barbeau's in it Mm -hmm. so awesome um but it's also easy to point to like you know the thing which is (laughs) fuck that's such a perfect movie i love it so much which is what we almost did we almost did the thing but we had just done a I, horror movie, so. I, I love, love the thing, and I actually like the prequel slash remake slash whatever with Mary that, Elizabeth Winstead. That it, was a good movie too. That had yeah him or her and Joel Edgerton was in that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. one wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but we don't have to stray too far. But yeah, I don't know. I. Vampires. I, I, I love They Live, Assault on Precinct 13. The dude could vampires. do action. Also vampires. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he could do action and horror. He could, I don't know. He was really good at building an atmosphere, a simple atmosphere. I don't know. I, I really love those movies. They're they're easy movies to watch because they don't need a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. They just need you to sit down and watch like an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes, and that's all you need. I love it. He's also like he's pretty good. Like he actually is surprisingly uh, well versed. Like he does some decent comedy, and even like with Starman, that's a pretty heartfelt movie. If you've ever seen Starman with Jeff Bridges, who 
they didn't want to do Escape from New York, but he ends up doing Starman a few years later. Starman's fucking good. <laughs> I'm, I, once again, Jeff I'm, Bridges is another one of the uh, of my like in my my stable of like go to actors. Jeff Bridges is in that like that front row. So you know, I think I, I think I got Jeff Bridges and Kurt Russell mixed up for like a really long time as I was growing up. <laughs> well, they're much more easy to tell the difference to now because Jeff Bridges has essentially morphed into like the dude and everything. He's like essentially yeah. plays that character and everything now. <clears throat> Where Kurt that's, Russell's that's still Kurt Russell. Life. Yeah, it's like Kurt Russell looks the same and Jeff Bridges looks like your uncle. <laughs> oh man, I wish. <laughs> Everyone. I, I fucking wish. Like, hey, where are you going? I'm going to go smoke a dude with my uncle. He's in town. He's mad though. Somebody pissed on his rug. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, do you have anything you want to add before we wrap up uh, Escape from New York? Um, not really. I mean, it's it's a very like it's a very fun action movie that has just the right amount of cheese in it too. Well, that's, yeah, a Carpenter staple. Like he was just saying, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like the master of like the B movie. Yeah. I mean, for me, like Escape from New York is probably one of the top 10 movies of the 80s for me. I mean, that's like, I have like maybe 10 or 11 movies, 10 or 11 movies from that era that like are my, my seminal go tos, like Ghostbusters, Die Hard, Back to the Future, Raiders. Escape from New York. I'm sure I left out something, but yeah, so it must not be that great of a list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just love it though. It's like one of those movies. Like if it's ever on TV, it's like the definition of a rewatchable movie. Like no matter where mm-hmm. it's at, like I'll. It could be the burlesque scene. It could be Donald Pleasance just melting down and killing Isaac Hayes at the wall. <laughs> It's such an easy movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. When I think of 80s action movies, that's kind of what I think of. Mm-hmm. Like, it, And it's... There's no story. It just, flies by, too. When I was watching it last yeah. night, I had to pause it real quick to take care of something. And, like, I just noticed, like, when I hit pause, it was, like, 48 minutes until like an hour and a half. I'm like it's fuck. It's this been on for 47 minutes already. Mm-hmm. It seriously felt like I was watching for like 20 minutes. So yeah, you, you yeah, summed it up perfectly. I was working out watching it. So, oh, well I don't work out. So, oh, well. excuse me, Brutus beefcake. Hey, listen, yeah. you got, you got to look good in these wife beaters. You know? Well, when we do the video feed, then yeah, you can well, show I, off. I got to look good. good for you gentlemen too. All right. Well, it's I no, appreciate it. Well, it's no right. wonder this show went off the rails tonight. You looking in that wife beater. <laughs> Lord, it's hot in here. Woo! I, can't lose, I was losing myself in Lucas's chest hair. <laughs> it is sultry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, as we touched on earlier, the uh, fan vote is over. Office Space won. Uh surprisingly over Inglorious Bastards. I thought for sure that one would win. But the few people that listen to us want us to do Office Space. I was actually very surprised that RoboCop did get more love. I love RoboCop, too. That's another one of my 80s go-tos. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Office Space is a good movie. It's it funny. is a good movie. So I look forward to watching that and, you know, talking about it. Um. That's going to be another one that's going to feature uh, the first lady of the podcast, Jen. Uh, I think we're just going to keep trading back and forth for a while. Just well, between you Luke, need somebody to fucking pick up my end. Yeah, between Luke and Jen, they're just going to be just alternating. See who gets the most listens. Because you guys actually combined get more listens than Lucas and I do by ourselves. So we just decided to oh. have, just decided to have you guys on all the time. Hot damn! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our uh, most popular episodes feature one of you two. For good well, reason. For good reason. You're welcome. So. And looking at this video feed now, like I don't know if it's the lighting, but your Letterman jacket actually looks like Han Solo's vest. Yeah, that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
<laughs> I could have just taken my shirt off and been Chewbacca. <laughs> Don't worry, I got it covered with yeah, my chest hair. Nobody wants here. to see that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next time, uh, we will see you, and we hope you like what uh, you heard. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us at couchpotatopodcast at gmail.com if you want to let us know. Hey, you guys are awesome. You guys suck. You should just give this podcast to Luke and Jen. Whatever. Shoot us a line. We'd like to hear from you. Maybe we'll read some emails. <laughs> that, actually, I hope any. you guys do read us some emails because I want to do that as a segment. Just read like emails or even like iTunes reviews. Review us on iTunes, please. I want to read some of them. Lucas, you look like you just like, please don't. <laughs> No, please do. Yeah. Yeah, let's start writing us at the show. We want to we want to hear from you guys. So, uh we will talk to you guys later and uh we'll see you around. Bye everybody. <laughs>